Welcome to Bella Figura, the tradition of living beautifully. I am your host, Dolores Alfieri Taranto. On this show, we talk spirituality for the rest of us with a focus on the art of beautifying all facets of your life. Using heritage, culture, beauty by hand, ancestral traditions, and old world style as means to do so. You are listening to season four, episode six, and it's a really lovely episode. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest, Emily Toops of Toops & Co. Organics. Emily has a really natural and kind of contagious spirit. Every now and then I do an interview with somebody that reminds me of the upside of social media and technology and how I get to meet and speak to and connect with so many wonderful people that I really wouldn't know if it wasn't for Instagram and the internet and so on. So this is one of those episodes because Emily is definitely a kindred spirit and part of this growing community I've amassed of like-minded people and women and mothers who are all looking at the world in the same way, concerned about very similar things and doing things about it and raising their families and aligning their lifestyles to live in a way that they feel is genuine to who they are and what they believe in and what they they believe matters. So I'm adding Emily (laughs) to that community and Definitely is the first of many conversations with her, both on the mic and off the mic. Before I introduce you to Emily, just a reminder that House of Tokemon, another business run by yet another like-minded woman and mother who is part of my community that I met through Instagram, House of Tokemon continues to be a sponsor of our show. So I began taking a look at my home and my personal beauty products and so on a while back in order to kind of see what I could swap out to improve the environment in my home and to improve my own health and the health of my family. And it's like a Russian doll set where there's a doll within a doll within a doll. The more that you learn, the more you realize how much you have to learn. And it was only when I had Annabelle Alsup, owner of House of Tokemon, on this podcast that I really realized the rugs in our home that we're buying at the big department stores or online are toxic. Guys, it was something I actually had not even given a thought to. But those rugs, like so much other stuff in our beauty products and our clothing and furniture and so on, are hurting us. They're hurting our health and they're hurting the air in our homes. So I also slowly as I could begin to swap out my rugs for rugs from House of Tokemon. And why did I do that? Well, of course, because I want to eliminate as many toxins as I can, but also because they're gorgeous, because they're vintage, because they're handmade. They are all the things that I am really passionate about. And I know that so many of you are passionate about these things too. 
Annabelle has become a friend of mine. I totally support her and her business, and she does the same in return for me. She is generous enough to offer Bella Figuera listeners 25% off any order by using the code BELLA25. So check her out over at hotrugs.net and take a look at her inventory and use the code BELLA25 to begin swapping out your rugs for these beautiful, vintage, natural, healthier, (laughs) handmade rugs. That's hotrugs.net. Use the code BELLA25. Okay, now let's talk about my guest, Emily Toops. Emily Toops began crafting skincare and makeup from her farmhouse kitchen after discovering how organic tallow, high-quality cold-pressed olive oil, and other quality natural ingredients made a huge difference in her skin and her family's wellness. At Toops & Co. Organics, they believe that skincare products that nourish and restore can come from simple, wholesome ingredients. None of their products use synthetic chemicals, GMOs, toxins, fillers, artificial colors, or artificial fragrances. They support small, family-owned farms that are sustainable, fair trade, transparent, and ethical. Emily lives on a homestead in Alabama with her husband and children. All right, let's jump on into the conversation. All right, Emily, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. I've heard so much about you and your business just through our kind of mutual network of friends. So it's really great to finally have you on. I um, Like a few weeks ago or a month ago, whenever it was, I first reached out to you. I was talking to Shay, uh, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. I said, would Emily Toops be a good guest? Thinking of having her on. She was like, oh yeah, she's wonderful. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, done. Shay. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for being here. Um, I'd love to start each episode by asking my guests to tell me a bit about their roots and the people that they come from. So that's really interesting. Um, my entire family, all of us are actually from South Louisiana, including my husband. So on both sides, both of my parents, um, you know, come from France. They're as Cajun as Cajun come. They were South of the I-10 really hospitable, you know, food is really important. And so that's just been a theme in our life because, you know, it's where we come from. We love to cook. We love to host. Um, and it's just, it's a lot of fun to go back to Louisiana and just like feel that culture again, because the longer we're away from it, the more I'm just like, oh yeah, like we mm. go back home, like, oh, this is so nice. And yeah, you are just so incredibly hospitable. And you don't really see that in a lot of other places in the U S like just this extreme, you know, um, hospitality where you don't really even have to know them to be mm. invited to their home. And so something really cool that they do is on Christmas Eve, you know, the Cajun tradition is like Papa Noel comes down the Mississippi river. And so all of the houses that line the Mississippi river are open to anyone. Oh, wow. Really? People that, you know, come from out of town and there's food and there's, you know, fireworks 
fun things. But what's cool is people will go from house to house down the river. Their ho- their homes are open and people just invite whoever's walking down the road in, they eat. A lot of it is outside, but it's just a really neat yeah. um, tradition. And it's something that just shows the kind of hospitality that's that comes from that area. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from their just, you know, Cajun and or from their French European roots. It's just this feeling of community, people mm. eating and breaking bread together. So um, I like I try to recreate that sometimes here. You're in <laughs> Alabama now, right? I'm in Alabama. Alabama. Correct. Okay. Okay. But it, we really live in a very touristy area. We're super close to the Gulf. Mm. And so there's a lot of transplants here. I, I wouldn't say that the majority of people that live here are from Alabama. Mm. So mix you know of all kinds of places and that kind of hospitality culture just doesn't really exist here or people don't understand it Mm. um but it's it's super fun to do it anyway and and have people it's uh it's it's funny for me to hear that because i am from new york and i live in new york and i just assume a place like alabama would be just as friendly and you know uh, warm and welcoming as a place like louisiana because the south kind of has this reputation for being, you know, Southern hospitality, right. Southern comfort and all those things. I think in these beach towns, it might be a little, it just, the, the culture is a little bit different. It's more, um, uh, what's the word? It's just a melting pot. It's like touristy, a little more touristy so that people are on, maybe it's their vacation home. Maybe they're not there full time. Yeah. There's a lot of snowbirds in the area and not everybody lives here full time. So yeah. And I, I love that story. First of all, I did not know, I've never heard of that tradition and that sounds amazing. I love that you make the connection to, to your, to your French roots. Uh, before we started, I asked you how to pronounce your name because you spell it E-M-I-L-I-E. And I was telling you through all our emails, I was like pronouncing it very French, <laughs> but you just at this point go by Emily, but you did say, I'm sure my French ancestors yeah, meant it probably. to be, you know, Emily, I heard somebody very French would say it. So those yeah. are, I mean, we all have that remnant, that roots, you know, depending on how long our families have been here. For sure. My grandparents um, still speak French, but it was something that they oh, only really? did between each other. Oh, and wow. so it, and it was really shunned in their time when they were Ooh. growing up. Like if you spoke French then you were, you know, you couldn't learn English or you may have been illiterate. So my, unfortunately my mom and all her siblings didn't learn to speak French except for a few, you know, endearing words that they may use. And so some of that has kind of passed to us, but, but it's, it's sad because it's very yeah. little. It is sad. That is a really common story among, uh, immigrants basically. And the, the people like French, Italian, uh, maybe even Irish who, who've been here a little bit longer. And for me, my family came in the late 60s. So we were a totally different generation. So I did grow up speaking Italian. I did grow up with mostly our regional language, the from the area we're from. But my husband, for instance, whose mm-hmm. grandparents came here as children. So it was really his great grandparents. His father, so my father-in-law doesn't speak a word of Italian. And that was because they wanted same thing. They wanted them to be American. They wanted them to assimilate. They wanted to leave that all behind. And my husband, it's like a hole in his heart that he can't speak Italian or understand it. He feels it. Yeah. It's sad. It is. I, I've said before on the show that it's kind of like 
an assault against the spirit, you know, I mean, they did their best those generations, but for the descendants, it's a, it's a piece you're missing. Missing for sure. You know, I mean, language and culture are really connected, but Louisiana culture, I mean, that whole Cajun culture is wild. It's its whole own, like (laughs) whole world. And it's still so vibrant. It really is. Um, It's so interesting because while I grew up and lived there, it was just normal. It was just, sure. that was normal. And then when you move away and you live other places and then you go back and you see that it is definitely different. Um, but you know, you don't know any different when yeah. you grow up in that kind of culture and, and that just the things that they do say, um, you know, traditions that they have, it's, you it's, still have family there. All of my family. Lives oh, there. everybody's I'm actually, um, the oldest of nine children. Oh my goodness. All of my siblings, uh, live in Louisiana, except for me <laughs> and my parents and my grandparents, cousins, um, my oh mom, my gosh. And so we've got tons, you know, have come from a really, really large family and they pretty much are all there. Few are scattered a couple of places, but not a lot. It's, um, you know, it's just, it's what people do is they just stay in the area that they grew up in. And so I'm there's kind something of a- kind of lovely to that. <laughs> As my listeners know, I'm like a certified homebody and and kind of always have been. And um, my my husband especially really wants to leave New York. I've been talking about this on the show for, for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason he hasn't left already is because of me. Um, I think we probably will move because it's becoming untenable to live here for a variety of reasons that I don't want to get into, but like, if you know, you know, so, um, yeah, yeah. So we, and I understand the need to move for so many reasons, financial being a huge one of them, but like, it's my home. Yeah. All my people are here. It's so hard for me to just say, let's do it because I just, those ties are so strong for me. And the idea, it just like breaks my heart. I think of putting my son in a new place that he has no roots in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just hard. I totally understand, especially as I'm the oldest, but especially as my younger siblings are getting married and having children Mm. and my kids, that's their first cousins and they're not super close to them. Um, I do make a lot of effort to be there a lot. And they come here a lot as well because, you know, we are close to the beach. Um, so it's fun to mm, come here. That's a plus something for us to do. That's really fun. And so we, you know, we spend a lot of time together. I work with a lot of my siblings, which I absolutely love. Um, I followed this girl on Instagram and she and her family, they moved from California to Texas and she started a company and a business and she's one of five. She's the oldest as well. And all four of her other siblings work with her. They work for her and her parents do too. And I just, I just love it. Like that is the ultimate dream is to have like all of my siblings could like, we could work together, you know? And it seems to a lot of families like, Oh, I could never work with my siblings or my parents or et cetera. But I really, I mean, I think it would be just so amazing that we would just be connected in such another way. Maybe yeah. they could like move to Alabama. <laughs> there you go. Right? That would be, that's the ultimate dream. Uh, my parents have even talked about possibly uh, moving out here just because 
the area where they are is getting incredibly expensive. Mm. There's not a lot of land in Alabama because it's just that ridge along the Mississippi River where there's enough, where it's high enough to even build on. So there's so little land that it's very, very expensive. Mm. Um, And I mean, I'm sure it's not as expensive as places like uh, New York. Yeah. New York. (laughs) Also the income is different too. Sure. Exactly. And so I think that as far as income to land price ratio, I would assume it would be very similar because it's unattainable for most people. So as I'm seeing my siblings, you know, grow up, get married and start to work and want a home for their themselves and their families. It's just such a difficult thing and where they could come here. And actually, you know, it's funny. I get that. We know what they pay. And right. So anyways, that's how I'm coaching everyone to come. (laughs) That'd be really amazing. If you get this huge, you said you're one of nine. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. If you get nine siblings and all their families to come to Alabama that like you have to write a book on how, how to, if you pull that off. Right. For sure. (laughs) Everyone within like 15 to 20 minute radius. We need to all be where we can have at night together. <laughs> so my, I'm one of four and, um, my husband says that to me. And so do people, a lot of people say that they say, make the move and they'll follow. They say that a lot. Like, you know, if you move to Florida or you move to Tennessee, you move to Texas, they'll follow it. Like people will move there. So sometimes I'm like, let's just go somewhere really nice so that they want, they to, want come. to come. <laughs> and my husband's like, where are we going to move somewhere really ugly? Like, of course we're going to go. So- <laughs> yeah. Of course we're going to go somewhere really nice. So, and they, it's true. They may, because, you know, for, they're a lot older than me. I'm, I'm young by at least 10 years younger and um, they're going to retire before me and New York. You just, you don't retire in this tri-state area. You, you yeah. can't, you can't afford it. So We'll see. One day we'll make the leap. And I mean, places like Alabama, he's like, we should go. We should go to a place like that. Alabama. You should just visit the Alabama Gulf Coast and then then decide. <laughs> do you like it there? I mean, I know you're I, far from your family, but do you like where you I are? I absolutely love it. We you moved here six years ago. We bought um, seven acres and like in a little homestead. And um, a few months back, we just bought an 80 acre track. And we're, I mean, we're here to stay. Right. Um, and so, you know, we call that our legacy property because we want our kids to have a place to stay. Sure. And when they're adults, maybe they, they, you know, won't be able to afford it or things will be so different that we are trying to put things in place where they at least have the option yep. to build on our family's property and stay if they want to, yeah. um, because that was an option for us, obviously with our families. Um, and I would just feel so incredibly blessed to be able to even give our kids that option because, that's what really life is all about as family to, you know, to us. And so I want to have a place that they can call home. They can always come back to. So, oh, so that's so our, that's our play. Now it's yeah. going to be quite the endeavor. The land needs some work. <laughs> so you, but you added 80 acres onto the acreage you originally purchased is what you're saying, it's right? It's not next door. No, it's a, it's okay. like 20 minutes away. Um, But, you know, our plan is just to work really hard over the next several years and, make it a place that, you know, we can retire on, live on, and our kids can too. <laughs> it's smart. You sound like my husband. He's like, we should go. Cause I'm like Tennessee or Texas. I can do. And he's, he wants, he's like, we should go to Kentucky. We should go to Alabama. We should go to <laughs> Wyoming. He wants to go 
where nobody in, you know, like to a no New one Yorker, else is. Yeah. To a New Yorker, yeah. like where nobody else is. I'm like, I don't know that there are people like us in those places. <laughs> I have been, I have been pleasantly surprised to meet so many like-minded individuals in the area. Um, and I'm thrilled because you can't do it all on your own, you know, and we are really about community. I want to, you know, I want to be able to raise our food on our land, or if I can't, like we like this year, we raised zero chickens. We have none. We found another farm that's practices are very similar to what we would have done anyway. I'm happy to support them and what they do and, and they're local. And so I'm just so thrilled with the amount of like-minded individuals in the area. Mm. Um, We were like, will we leave? We we even looked at Tennessee. Should we go? We just love it down here. My husband and I are both like we're Gulf coast people. We grew up on the coast. We like the heat and I want to put my feet in the ocean whenever when I want to. And so he assured me if we moved to Tennessee, we would still come down and visit. And I was like, no, we won't. No, we wouldn't. Twice a year, you yeah. know? And so we decided, you know, just this year that we would put down some real roots and we would make this our home forever. Oh, so this is like a, a stamp this year. Like a, we're doing this. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so did it's, it's so lovely for me who, who has been struggling with home, leaving, finding a place for the last like solidly two years to hear someone say, I love my home and I love where I live. And I love being surrounded by like-minded people because I don't feel that way really. I mean, I have friends, but a lot of them are in different places in like literally where I'm sitting right now. I would not say I'm surrounded necessarily by like-minded people. You know, we have a, it's getting very crowded around here. There's construction going on all around me right now. This is a town I grew up in and it was a very different town growing up. And now we're surrounded by buildings. People can see into the yard and we have this little stamp of the garden that we're always growing things in my chickens are out there. And I just think these people living in the condos across the street must look down at us and just say, what is happening over there? Like they, they're on another world and we are, we're like in our own little world, but we, like you, we want more of it. We want more lands. We, we want less neighbors right on top of us and to be able to afford it. And maybe as you said, have it be affordable to also leave to our children and maybe they right. won't have to leave their home. Exactly. You're right. That, that's you know? a, a big part of it. Huge part of it. Yeah. So you how know, did you guys, for our family? You're, of course, of course. How did you guys end up in Alabama? So we left Louisiana when I was pregnant for our second child and our first two of 14 months apart. So it was 11 years ago. Yeah. About 11 years ago. Um, my husband, you know, I did not have to go. It wasn't even like a, a thought in my head and he got moved to Alabama for a much better job. Okay. And we moved, we moved to mobile at first and then we moved to Mississippi and then up to Birmingham. And then, so we lived in a couple different places a year to here and there as they kind of moved him from same company job to job. Um, and then we came down to Baldwin County, which is where we live now. 
we just loved, we just loved it. It's like a, a farming town and a beach town all in oh, one. And it was just sounds like, like something we would like. I'm not kidding. We right were now. just so, <laughs> we were just so happy <laughs> to find, um, you know, the property, of course, six years ago, we moved here. It was more affordable than it uh, is now, awful. but we just loved the area so much. And I will say, cause I've lived in a lot of different places over the years. It takes three or four years to plug in to an area yeah. and to really get to know people. You know, you met, we met our Hey guy and we started getting Hey with him. And then we met this other girl and her and her husband were doing regenerative farming. And then so she's asking me, where do you get Hey? And I telling her and she's like, Oh, that's my dad. <laughs> and it, it, just, it takes a while for you to just yeah. get plugged into an area. And so yesterday we, my husband and I, we were out in town, we were shopping and we ran into somebody that we knew and her daughter and we had a, a conversation and they moved on and he goes, he looks at me and he goes, we finally lived in a place long enough where when we go places, we see people we know. Yeah. Yep. And it's such a good feeling to like go to the grocery store or go out shopping and you see a neighbor or a friend, or someone that, you know, and you have a conversation and then move on. People who have lived and grown up in one place their whole life. So take that for granted, but we moved around so much that we were strangers in every town that we lived in right. and you might meet one or two people and then, you know, his job would move us and we move on. Um, so getting connected in a place was so important to us. And we both, like, we both looked at each other and we were like, now we're starting to see people we know yeah. when we go out. You can't just, uh, go to the store in your pajamas. You actually right. <laughs> You will run into people, you know, right. But that's a um, nice that's actually feeling. A really good feeling. Yeah, it is. It is. And then I think that's part of my hesitation, you know, often to leave. And, and in my better moments, I think eventually you'll recreate that, you know, it, it's not the same as being around like people that you grew up with, who've known you since you were little and all that, but eventually you become part of a new community and you have that same feeling. And I sometimes feel like it's just making the leap from, you know, that saying the devil, you know, Versus yeah. the devil you don't kind of thing. <laughs> but it is. Community is it's so very important, especially when you're doing, you know, the kind of work that you're doing. You probably need a lot of, like you mentioned your hey guy. I mean, you need like resources. And um, I mean, we all do. For sure. You know, we all need support. So let's talk a little bit about your business, about Tubes & Co. You, um, when did you start Tubes & Co actually? What's, uh, what, what year? <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking I think it's 2015. I'm always like fuzzy back on the details the longer it goes, but that means that we would be seven years this year, which is, yeah, that is makes... right. So um, if that is, is that math correct? Yeah, I think it's like, it's <laughs> okay. about, it's depending on when you started. Yeah. Cause it's only yeah. the beginning of the year. It could be seven years. <clears throat> so it'll be at the end of this year in October, it'll be seven years. And um, it was just out of a need, you know, our oldest daughter, she had bad eczema. We were living a very standard American life. We mm. ate like standard Americans uh, and, and worked and lived like them too. And then we saw an issue, but I have to say that my, my mom and her, in our heritage of like, you know, my mom was a self-proclaimed herbalist. There's a lot of things that she did that formed my own thinking. And so when I had my own children and then there was an issue and the solution to that issue was steroids, drugs, right. whatever, or no, no solution at all. 
I was, I was like, no, 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 that's not good. And that was not good enough for me. Like there's got to be some other kind of way. And so that just changed the trajectory, the trajectory of our entire family. And my husband was on board from day one. That makes a huge difference. He was not like, no, we're not going to change our laundry detergent to unscented. That's crazy. Or anything like that. He was like, yes, everything I showed him. Yes. You know, we watched a documentary on food and both of us were just like, absolutely. That's a hundred percent true. Mm. And we've got a black garbage bag and we went in the pantry and we threw everything there was mm. away, everything. And that was like, you know, kind of a bold step. And we looked at each other and we're like, okay, now what do we eat? Right. <laughs> um, and, but we took all those steps together and it just changed our family, the way we think, what we want to do, all of the things. And tallow was just a, a huge part of that. It was like a natural next step. It's something that I found that I thought um, could help her. And I was willing to do whatever I had to, to get my hands on some, you know, to, to make it for her. So we were in Mississippi at the time and I called, I like Googled grass-fed beef farm, you know, try to find somebody close found this lady, uh, her name's Jacqueline and the name of her business is called honestly beef. So I was like, that sounds really, uh, promising. (laughs) And, you know, she's got this sweet, very old Southern Mississippi accent. And she was like, what's tallow? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) oh no. Um, so, you know, I explained it to her and she's like, well, we, you know, we don't get that back from our cows, but if you want me to ask the butcher for some, I'll get, I'll get some for you. So she did. She got me this little five pound pack of tallow and I met her one Sunday after church on the side of the road. No joke. Got it. And I just thought it was the best, like the best thing ever. And she was like wondering to herself, like, why would anybody want, you know, a hunk of beef fat that they usually get rid of. Right. And that was how Tubes and Co got started. I was bound and determined to render it, use it for her. And it, and it just works so well. And so we, you know, with lifestyle changes and using traditional fats and things on her, I mean, her entire um, skin completely changed. It took, you know, it took a couple of months it was not immediate, but after a couple of months of doing things, when she was, you know, bleeding in every, you know, bend of her body, elbows behind her knees, it was so bad that just seeing some improvement and finally seeing a change. It was a no brainer for me. I was like, absolutely. This is the way that I want to go. And, you know, obviously a business came out of that, but it really started just as this dire, you know, situation that I was going to fix some kind of way. And, um, I don't think everyone thinks that way. And I'm so thankful to my mom and just, you know, paving a different way. She cooked for us home cooked meals because probably all they could afford. There's a lot of us. Um, <laughs> and you know, she used herbs in a variety of ways. She wasn't an expert by any means, but it was something that she did something that she saw one of her aunts do. And we talk about it a lot and it was an, you know, it was instilled in me enough to question the narrative to do something different. And, um, so that, you know, that's kind of how we started Toots and that's Co. That's a, it's a wonderful story. And I, and I think that, I think that I have come to learn myself since having my son so much of this. And I actually had a guest on last, uh, last week, Ariel D. Martinez, and she, her whole business is 
herbs and teaching people herbs and getting off like shampoo and just, and all this stuff. She's very into it. And she has a program called, uh, I think it's called the wild mother's medicine chest. And so we, (laughs) yeah, it's great. I I said, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to buy it and do it because when, and we talked about this, that when you become a mom and you realize like this human fragile human being that you love literally like to death and more than anything else in the world is your responsibility. And when they get sick or they have a problem or their skin is bleeding because they have such bad eczema, you feel so helpless. And the idea, if it sounds like if you're, especially if you're a certain type of person, which it sounds like we kind of all are, you know, where you're kind of uh, independent and I can do it and a little stubborn you're yeah. you're like I can't run to a doctor for everything and I right. need to be able to take care of of my family and I found very quickly that like taking my son to I mean I actually have a great pediatrician I have to say who is like-minded but if it's like urgent care or something like that, you know, you just, you run into things where they want to give them things. Steroids, like you said, antibiotics, and it's for every little thing. And you just like, I don't know if this is, this doesn't feel right to me. Right. And there's definitely a place, a time and a place for oh, all yeah, of those sure. things for sure. Right. But so many things, you know, we've figured out how to care for them, nourish their body enough to get over it on their own. So I always like to think back. I'm like, what did our family do? What did my grandparents do with her nine or she had 10 children? Um, and there wasn't a doctor to go to and they right. didn't, you know, and they had antibiotics and they used them when they, you know, cut their hand on a farm implement or something. Um, but she just, you know, she had an, a great grandmother that was an, a Native American Indian and taught her or her mother a lot of herbal things. And that kind of has passed down just because it was what they, it's just what they did. Right. And and, they, and it works, it works well. And so I'm really thankful just to even have just a fraction of that knowledge, just so I can use some of that on my own family. And it just, Yeah. I would say my husband would agree with you. Independent. Would you say stubborn? <laughs> stubborn. I a little stubborn. stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it gives you just the ounce that you need to kind of take matters into your own hands and That's try exactly something right. new or different. That's exactly right. And and the bat the reason this this season the theme is beauty, of course. And the reason I wanted to have you on and Ariel on is because I think if you are mothers like us and maybe you aren't living around like minded people you can feel like you're outnumbered. You know, I said in the episode with Ariel, like if my son has a fever, I just don't even want to tell anybody like my mom or something like that, because I just, I will be undermined. You know, I'll just, (laughs) all the little doubts I might have as a mom will just be exploited when I know from all my research, all my conversations that letting his fever run and, and doing things to keep him comfortable is actually the best course of action. For sure. And, you know, more and more research is coming out in favor of that. Um, you know, in, in new research and doctors are changing the way that they do things, but there's a generation that just 
they, they know what they know and that's how right. they grew up. And that's just, it is what it is. So I I'm with you and I have five kids. There's times where I will not say anything because I just, I know what I'm going to do. And I know it's going to work out just fine. And I don't need anyone to make me doubt what I know to be the best course of action. And just a reminder, my friends, that we continue to partner with Dry Farm Wines because I believe in their mission, I believe in their products, and I love to enjoy them. (laughs) Of course, Dry Farm Wines is a member subscription service where you get beautiful, clean, pure, organic wines delivered right to your door. They have red wines, rosé, whites, my new favorite, which is bubbly, sparkling wines, For so long, I wouldn't even look at a bottle of champagne or sparkling white because white wine, especially in bubbly form, is just loaded with sugar and I avoided that as best I could. That has completely changed since I started getting a subscription of sparkling wine delivered to my home. I think I get a box of them every two to three months and I really look forward to receiving them. It's so nice to be able to reach into the fridge and pull out a bottle of bubbly when I have friends over or when we're celebrating something and know that the bottle we're about to pop open and drink is not going to derail my health efforts. It's not going to load me with toxins and chemicals and dyes. I know that we can just celebrate and enjoy and I know I'm giving me and my husband and whoever else is at our table clean beautiful wine to enjoy. Dry Farm offers Bella Figura listeners a bottle for just a penny in their first order so you have to use my link dryfarmwines.com forward slash Bella Figura and you'll get a bottle of this beautiful, gorgeous wine for just a penny in your first order. Give it a try, my friends. I assure you, you will not be disappointed. Well said. I mean, but you have, you've done this longer than me. You have more children (laughs) than me. So I'm like, I feel like I'm honing those chops. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It, It definitely comes with time for sure. You know, it's, it's wild. It does. And like, you kind of like venture out into it, you know, like into this new sphere of doing things. And you're like, okay, that, that, that worked like that went well. And then you feel a little more confident. Um, You said that you started with the issue of eczema and then it just kept growing the business. And now you have all these products. It's a big business. People love it. You know, as we made tallow and, you know, kind of started selling it on Etsy and just, sharing it with people because I'm super passionate about it. Um, obviously the next steps were like, I was looking at other skincare that we were using and I was like, you know, Dove deodorant. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can't let my, I would never have her use this. She, when she grows up, she won't be able to use this. Um, and I tell the story a lot about, you know, she might've been like two or three and she was like digging through my makeup bag and, you know, wanting to use a lip gloss or something. So then I'm like looking at the ingredients of that. And I was like, this is absolute trash. Right. Um, you can't, that no, you know, I don't want, and, and you don't think about it for yourself. You're like, it's That's fine for true. me, you know, uh, but I don't want my kid to have it. 
And so just a real natural progression of the next, uh, I think the next product we made was deodorant. And then I don't even remember after that, it was just more and more, you know, yeah, more and more things. And then we were like, okay, well, we need makeup products too, because she, you know, can't even use these or they're scented. And so the longer and longer we live, like I call it the unscented life, (laughs) the more I can't fathom that people still use so many artificial fragrances. Um, yesterday we were giving someone some eggs from our farm and they were like, do you want some eight cartons back? My husband's like, sure. So this morning I'm in the kitchen, I picked them up and they are so incredibly scented. Mm. And I don't know if it's like laundry detergent or like a, a plug-in in a home yeah, or something say, like that. candles. Yeah. But I touched them and then like just on my hands, I could smell it. Mm. And but these but people that live like that they don't smell it you know they it it's such a part of their life and their everyday right. that I don't think that they can you know smell it same thing like you go to Airbnbs and it's like no I'm really sensitive to that too that the, the yes. scent of things and, <clears throat> and chemicals and stuff I can't like function I lose like my ability can to be you a forget room. how other people don't realize that those artificial fragrances are so toxic especially to women and their hormones and their you know the way that their body is run is primarily on, on hormones, the way we feel, the way we move, you know, it's all driven by the symphony of hormones. And so when you, you know, just like a symphony, when you get one, if one player is off, yeah, everybody is off. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's coming into our lives in so many ways that I am very much of the thought that you can't avoid every toxin. It's true. It would Not be in this world. More stressful to try to avoid every single thing yeah. than yeah. if you just live and do your very best. Right. And so, um, but but synthetic fragrance is one of those big, big ones that we can definitely easily avoid. And so I always forget, like I got them in, I was like, we can't even, I don't even want to put the eggs in them. Like it's so scented. Um and so my kids were like, oh, those egg cartons sneak. <laughs> I was like, this is a great teaching opportunity to tell you that not everyone <laughs> lives it's like, like us. <laughs> you know, so I just kind of use it as a little teaching opportunity this morning to explain why we don't want those things in our life. So that when they get older, instead of just saying, oh, my mom did that, I don't know why. They can make good educated choices as adults that I don't want to use that laundry detergent because, you know, it's scented and, and this is why, and that they have the knowledge to know. So, you know, shall they meet some mate and their clothes smell like, I'm not going to say any brands, <laughs> but uh, they can say, Hey, yeah, let me just give you a good tip. Um, that's not good for you. <laughs> yeah. That's toxic, <laughs> but, in love, but you know, in love, I hate the notion that, you know, we know more than you. And so I'm going to tell you about yourself or something like that. Um, because that doesn't work, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, it's I totally agree like with in that. A, in a loving way. Yeah. And also I think what has really happened is we're so inundated with these products. They're so normalized in our culture that people don't realize they don't, they just don't know. I mean, I didn't know until I knew you didn't know until you right. knew, For you know, sure. people look at you now and you have this big, wonderful, successful business. That's all about natural beauty products, but 
until you got there, you were like everybody else, washing your clothes with what you're washing your clothes with. So we, right, we're all unlearning, but it is bizarre because it's so normalized. And so you think, yeah, well, they're selling Febreze. So why shouldn't I spread? Right. Why shouldn't I spread all over my clothes and my couch where we lay? And you, you just think, you don't think. It, and I think that's kind of the whole point. You don't know. I mean, I, I'm the first to tell people like we, my makeup bag was full of, of drugstore crap and I bought and fed the same thing to my children. Yep. And I bought into the lie that, you know, we, we, the foods that I fed my first child, my infant were just complete and utter junk, which is probably part of the reason why not probably, but definitely part of the reason why she had more issues than, you know, mm-hmm. my children after that. And so, you know, sometimes I joke and I say, well, you, you were the guinea pig child. I didn't, <laughs> know. I didn't know. Um, and she was like, why me? And I was like, well, you're the oldest and there's, I'm the oldest too. There's lots of perks that come with being the oldest kid. But one of them is your parents don't really know what you're doing it's true. <laughs> when you're born. Um, and anyway, it's just a, a fun joke in our family, but it is so true because I had to, you know, it took her and it took some issues that she had for me to learn. And I didn't know before. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And even I, I say to people all the time, and it sounded like this, this was your situation too. It's a rabbit hole. And once you start going down it, you see more and more and you start maybe with your food you realize, okay, you know, organic food, farm-raised food, grass-fed. And then maybe you start, like you said, looking at your makeup. And then you're looking at your shampoo. And then you're looking at your cleaning products. And then you're looking at your sofa that you spent thousands of dollars on. You're like, this thing is toxic. (laughs) You know, it's, it really is, you know, and you, you maybe, maybe you can't replace the couch right away, you know, but you do, you do what you can as you learn. And we're, For sure. we're all doing that, but it's insane. a little is better than none. And then no one can 100%. achieve perfection. For sure. That's right. And I saw in a post that I was just doing research, getting ready for our show uh, that you, you posted well on Tubes and Co that um, women are exposed to something like 168 toxins and chemicals every single day, every day. And that's just from our personal care products that we are using. That's from our beauty products. What we put on ourselves. Include- the food that we eat, the air that we breathe, the homes that we live in. And so it's so sad because that's what's available. That is what is commercially available to us. And so as, you know, normal humans, we walk into store or whatever, we buy what is normal. Right. And it's unfortunate that we have to learn on our own and go out of the norm to avoid those 168 chemicals. It was even more, it was, um, that, that study goes on to say later that like in teen girls, that it's even like double or higher because they use so many more products and new and upcoming products that are on the market. And it makes me so sad because we live in an epidemic of women who have hormone dysfunction, infertility. And it's so sad because that's never brought up. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm due next month with another little girl and I'm so excited, 
but I don't want her to grow up in a world where she's destined for hormone imbalance and infertility because of the toxins that our world is. Um, just in like my graduating class. And I'll look at all the girls that I graduated with, you know, way, I'm not going to say what year way back then. Uh, <laughs> I want to say out of our, you know, friend, friend group of maybe 10 people that I knew, no, half of them, half of them, 50% of them either cannot have children or have struggled with infertility. That blows my mind because when I talk to my mom about it, she's like, I don't, I don't, I didn't know anyone one out of 10, yeah. you know, girls in, in my graduating class that I knew struggled with infertility. And so it, it is increasingly becoming a more and, you know, more and more of a problem and it's, it's heartbreaking and it's so sad, but there are, you know, some things that we can do to protect ourselves. And in saying that is very controversial, uh, very yeah. controversial. You can do something, you no, know, you can't, there's nothing that you can do because that is what you hear when you go to your, you know, OBGYN or you're going to fertility specialists. There's nothing that you're doing. It's just the way things are. It's just the way your body is. It was the way you were born. Yep. Um, and you know, respectfully, obviously I re- disagree because we're bombarding our lives with unhealthy products, food. I mean, every, there's so many facets of it. And I, I also believe that there's so many parts of it. We don't even understand yet. Like we don't even have the knowledge to know. And by God, I don't want my daughters to grow up and, you know, have to deal with that. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to, you know, have them be healthy individuals. Can it still happen? Absolutely. That's not, I'm not achieving, I'm not, um, you know, striving for perfection, but I'm going to do the best that I can with what I know. And I know that those products are toxic to their bodies. Yeah. It's well said. I mean, there is an amazing like disconnect between the epidemic of infertility, um, as you said, like hormonal and, um, my God, I'm spacing on the word right now. It's going to drive me crazy. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking. You know, like Epstein-Barr syndrome. What are those called? The type oh, autoimmune. Like, Thank you. <laughs> Auto, it's like, I could not think of it. Autoimmune diseases, um, childhood illnesses that we have not seen at this level before. And there is a gulf between the existence of these things and where they're coming from and why they're here. And sometimes I wonder, is it just us because we don't want to face it and kind of have to do the things that you and I and other people like us are doing? Or is it that all of these industries have popped up like the IVF industry, for instance, to you know remedy the epidemic of infertility? And in many ways, thank God for that because then many women wouldn't be able to have babies that they want. And you and I, as moms, you know that that dream is very big in your heart when it's in your heart. But at the same time, if you, sometimes I think if you actually close that gap and you teach women that they actually, they're probably the majority of them are probably not infertile, quote unquote, their bodies are just struggling under toxins chemicals, yeah. heavy metals, all of these 
200 a day products that we're exposing ourselves to. And if you can dial that back along with nutrition, you may not need that IVF doctor. I, I agree with you. I think it's both things. Mm-hmm. And so it's really near and dear to my heart, you know, with Tubes and Co, obviously we offer products, but education is super important too. And then that's probably the main reason that I travel to these, you know, events and uh, conferences and things and speak on not just I own Tubes and Co and we sell non-toxic products, you should buy them. But if there's, if you don't do anything else, and I like to, to end a lot of my you know talks and say, you know, I, I explain what the toxins are and why we don't want to use them and what they're in, because I think a lot of people don't even know every product that they're in or what the toxins are that are even in there. But at the end, I like to say, if you just do one thing, one thing, and you go home, you know, pick this most toxic thing in our life, I'm going to make that one change. Once you accept that change that you make next month, make another one. Exactly. Not, it doesn't have to be all at once, but do one thing. And so um, the last time I spoke, I asked them if they would put garbage cans at the, at the, at the exit of the room. And I was like, okay, now dig in your purses and get your deodorant out. Yeah. And on your way out, drop it in the garbage can and replace it with a natural deodorant. Because if you do one thing today, and that's probably one of the most toxic things that we're putting in our bodies and on our breast tissue, drop it in the garbage can change, right? Then today you made a positive impact on your body and all of the toxins that are in that product aren't going on you tomorrow. And, you know, because this lifestyle seems so daunting to some people, I don't know where to start. It's so overwhelming. Um, you know, I like to reiterate that one thing is better than no things and they will snowball on each other. And it doesn't matter how long it, right. You could take, you know, a short amount of time and you could go do it all. Like I did grab the garbage can and throw it all away, or you could just take years and change one thing at a time. And it's still better if you did nothing. And so I, I hope that that breaks it down into not so overwhelming that I could do one thing and make one change as a positive impact on my life and all my kids. Absolutely. That's beautifully said. Well said. So I, I wanted to talk about tallow in depth. I wanted okay. to talk about your phrase ancestral skincare, but we're, we are out of time. <laughs> so as I, I feel like I say this to every guest, cause I love to talk to people. I mean, I have people, the people I have on, I have on for a reason. Cause I want to talk to them. So I feel yeah. like I'm always like, you have to come back. So you have to come back, Emily. I'll come back (laughs) in depth about tallow and why it's so nutrient dense and why not all tallows are so nutrient dense. You know, it depends on what the cow eats, just like it depends on what we eat. Mm. And so good grass fed beef, especially I'm just shout out to the, the South down here, but especially on the Gulf coast where it does not snow and our cows are on pasture 365 days Uh a year. That tallow is so rich and so yellow and just, you know, obviously I love it. So I can look at two different tallows and say, this one came from winter and this one came from spring. This one is softer and more yellow and it has more vitamins and nutrients in it. Um, which is, you know, something that not everybody understands when you get a tallow bomb, they might look different from season to season and they look different from season to season because it's a seasonal ancestral product. Um, but that's what our ancestors use on our skin. And it's, so nourishing and so bioavailable to us, um, that it just makes sense. You know, it just 
It just I love sense. that. So I will, t- I will, I will confess. I use tallow in cooking, but I do not yet use it on my skin. Oh, so, well, you there, so. <laughs> so there's a great example to people of how like you get there, you know, when you get there, I'm, I have, um, as the listeners know, I have like a kind of adult in since my twenties, like struggle with cystic acne, uh, regardless that I do all of these things, <laughs> it, it comes and goes, it flares up, it, you know, all of this, uh, it's something I have to like pay attention to. And so I'm always extra cautious with like face products and things like that. And when I, I've been reading actually a lot about tallow and there's part of me that's like, it would be awesome for my skin. And then, you know, there's that part of me that's like, it's like, going to oh, make, I'm scared. My, yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I am. So that's interesting, but I look forward to like kind of learning more through, you know, the stuff that you teach and maybe giving it a try, but I know you love it so much. And I Shay's do. always talking about, you have a, you have like a tallow balm yeah. that she loves. She like slathers it all over I think herself. She uses the Frankenstein's bomb. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll have to give it a shot. We'll see. Well, to be continued on that. Yes. So Emily, I'm I'm really grateful for your time. I'm gonna link to Tubes and Co. of course in the show notes and to your Instagram page. Is there anything new on the horizon? We had, we do have some new products um, coming out, but I'm not gonna share what they are. My staff would kill me if I'm just like. <laughs> Cause it's like a launch. Yes. Yeah. Cause we're doing a launch and they've worked really hard on it. So I kind of want to honor what they've been of doing, course. but this fall we, we have some new products coming out. I'm really excited to change the landscape of what skincare looks like, you know, and make things that no one else is making. It's not the same old, same old, but stuff that works. We're about not just natural products, but I want them to be effective and us to say they're just as effective or better than anything else that you can buy that's toxin filled. Um, and I mean, just using them, I mean, the products speak for themselves. I don't really have anything else to say, but yeah, we do Use have them. some <laughs> new stuff. Yeah. You know, we do have some new stuff coming out. That's really fun and gives you some options and your kids, you know, some options as they're growing up and they can't find, um, what they're looking for in a, you know, in a natural product. Right. Well, Emily, that all sounds wonderful. I look forward to seeing it all. Thanks again for being a guest. This really was a pleasure. Thanks so much, Dolores. Okay, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you're not already subscribed to the show, please consider doing so. And episodes, new episodes will automatically load into whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Share the show with your friends and on social and find me on Instagram at Dolores underscore Alfieri underscore Taranto. Here's to knowing your roots and cultivating a beautiful life from their power.